Welcome to the Software and Technology Podcast, brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin. Preserving your life digitally is something people might frown at in our social media era. Do we really want our tweets being our legacy for generations to come? To some degree, that's better than the legacy many senior citizens are robbed of, with rich history and touching life stories lost once they pass. Finding a way to take those stories and digitally preserve them for families to cherish and share is a daunting task when looking at the sheer amount of stories to handle. But having the odds stacked against you is the perfect motivator for innovation. Here to tell us how a streamlined approach to software and automation is creating digital legacies and changing hospice and senior care is David Sawyer, founder of TSO Life. David, how are you doing today? I'm doing awesome. How are you doing? I'm great. You know, I love the enthusiasm. I'm ready to dive into this topic of what your company is doing to, you know, introduce new technologies and new approaches to senior care and how you think that can be applied to the healthcare industry as a whole. So why don't we start a little bit with what sort of inspired your product? Because I I think it's a really uh, interesting application of this kind of technology for, you know, something that everyone has, which is grandparents, you know, people in their lives that are growing old, but want to stay connected in their lives. So tell me a little bit of that story. Aces, yeah, we'll be more than happy to. So TSO Life, which stands for the story of life, was started up about four years ago after I lost my grandmother, actually. I was incredibly close with her my entire life, and I was actually sitting at her funeral listening to the story about how she met my grandfather for the first time. And it kind of dawned on me that even though we practically lived together, I were extremely close, I never got to know her as a person. She was always just the kind woman who would bake me cookies on Sundays and I'd have to go over and and do Sunday dinner with her. But I I never got the chance to get to know her at all. And then kind of looking at it more retrospectively, I realized my grandfather, who passed away of Alzheimer's when I was wicked young, I never got to hear anything from his life, really. And he lived an amazing life. He qualified for the Olympics at one point. He had the fastest 400 time in the United States. Do I know what that time is? I have no idea. Do I know what Olympics it was going to be? No idea. All I know is that they couldn't afford to send him to go, and he just couldn't make it because he had to work on the back of a lobster boat. I would love – that's just in family lore. I don't know anything aside from that. You would think that that type of history would have been recorded, that I would have been able to find this information. So me being a millennial, whenever I want to learn something, I go on Google because that's what we do. And I looked up my grandparents and all I found was their Ancestry.com stuff, which just had their birth certificate, their death certificate, and that's it. There's a big, huge gap in the middle between those two artifacts. And I just really had the realization that we really are not recording these personal life stories, these digital legacies for future generations at all. We're not capturing these life stories. And then just being even more retrospective and looking at just the social media landscape that there's out there today it's all about sharing the here and now with the here and now. There's no sense of legacy play. There, there's no sense of how do I want to be remembered by my grandkids? What do I want to pass on to the future generation? How do I want to be remembered? So that's really a type of problem that we're trying to solve is that intergenerational connection. That's really interesting. You know, I feel like our digital footprint 
is so key to how we go about our day-to-day lives now, you know, whether it's millennials or even people, you know, a few generations older than us who, you know, are on Facebook and have content online. That's all building that digital footprint. But at the same time, like you said, it all feels sort of disposable, especially with social media. You know, it's all content that you sort of put out there and after about a week, you forget about it. Or, you know, even if you're on a YouTube channel or something, a lot of that stuff is only, you know, capturing stuff that you've already done. There's not a lot of content out there to capture these stories that are more like oral tradition, right? It's It was that that shift from oral to written tradition, and now it's almost the same. It's from oral to, to digital. Yeah, no, I mean, even just looking at all of just the social media, I mean, they all have their very specific use. I mean, Facebook, it's all about connecting kind of with family members and friends here and now and writing happy birthday when Facebook reminds you to. Twitter, I'll go and see what my toilet thoughts are for a random day. Snapchat, I don't even want to get into what my, I post on Snapchat. But like none of that content is what I would want my grandkid to go find out about me. And then even then, you know, the type of stories that we are collecting on TSO Life are stuff like, how did I overcome my worst breakup? What advice would I give my child, you know, when they get dumped on Valentine's Day? That's the type of story that there's just no online platform for. And it goes back to that oral history that you're getting when you sit down and have these conversations with someone. I know that my parents have given me advice on getting over a breakup. I would just love to kind of pass that oral history on to my future kids. Yeah, absolutely. So what kind of technology is allowing that to happen? I mean, besides a personal blog or something like recording someone's audio and transcribing it, I mean, I feel like the platform that you're describing is way more comprehensive, way more integrated. What kind of technology goes into creating that digital legacy? Yeah, so we do a lot of things. I mean, we really focus on recording the voice. I mean, not many of the social medias focus on the voice element, but it's one of those things where once you lose someone, you quickly realize that after a while, you forget to begin to forget what they sound like. It's funny, we do a lot of work with funeral homes, and they'll say one of the last things people ever change after a loved one passes is the voicemail, because it's usually the last thing that they have of their voice on it. And so we're basically taking all these different behaviors that we're seeing in consumers and making a platform for them to be able to basically share that type of information and to host it easily. And so some of the stuff that we do is we connect with genealogy, with the family tree. So you get the whole intergenerational connection element of it. You have your life story that's on a timeline and a wall that can be broken up into different categories. And it's all just these different interactive ways to view someone's life story. The other big cool thing is we have all this automation built in as well. So you can just upload audio and we're going to transcribe it and then break it up into stories. And we have machine learning algorithms to help do that. So we basically recognize that when someone's going to sit down and write out their life story, you would traditionally think of a autobiography. And that is a process. Let me tell you, that is people take months, if not years, to actually sit down and try to start writing out a life autobiography. And so what we really focus on doing is making it in an easy, enjoyable process. So we built in a do-it-yourself guide as well to help people get started. We have a personal story that walks you through it. It's a really comprehensive solution for being able to preserve your life story. And I feel like this is something that you're planning or already is integrated into senior care facilities. So, you know, it's not just something where a daughter could go to her mother and present the app and do it herself, even though that might be an option. How are you trying to integrate this more into full facilities where, you know, a grandparent is staying at a senior care facility? How would 
the nursing staff? How would the rest of the medical staff there help and assist with that digital storytelling? Yeah, so great question. I mean, something that was really near and dear to the company is the vision that every life story deserves to be remembered and that every time someone passes away that they haven't had the opportunity to record their life story is it just another grandkid that will never get to know their grandparent better. So that's really the vision and the mission that's driving us internally. So with that said, we looked at how can we get to the most people as quickly as possible. When looking at just going straight B2C, and we do have a B2C facing application, we love it. We do tons of work. But to get the most bang for the buck, we need to be going after the hospices. We need to be going after the nursing homes, the assisted living facilities, because those are the people that are most at risk of not getting the chance to tell their life story. So what we did is we created a very easy to use solution for the caregivers, the volunteers, the activity directors to sit down and make it a key piece of their care. When a resident is staying with them, they value that resident's life story. They value the stories that they deserve to pass on to their grandkids. And we give them the technology to make it easy because that's a big thing for them is uh, anyone in the healthcare industry will tell you that there is not enough time in the day. So when looking to take on new initiatives, how long it's going to take to adopt is one of the big deciding factors. So we built in tons of automation. So basically all that the caregiver, the activity director has to do is sit down and record the conversations they're already having with their residents. And then we do all the heavy lifting through our automation. Something that we realized when talking to these, one of my favorite things to do when, when doing a demo to a senior living facility is to ask them about some of their residents. And let me tell you, they will go on and on and on about the amazing life stories that some of their residents have had because they get to hear it time and time again from the residents. They're getting to have these conversations. So essentially, our legacy platform is basically just made to record those conversations and just do more with them. Yeah, I love that you know, you're giving this opportunity not only for the families, but for the people that interact with you know, seniors every day. I'm sure they hear these stories day in and day out. And so it's it's great that now there's a platform to record those and to, you know, make them more timeless. And something else that I was sort of pondering is you're dealing with a generation that hasn't been exposed to technology for very long. And it's almost to the point where you know, they might not be open to accessing this technology. So have you found any struggles in presenting this new tech to seniors? Are they receptive to it? What has been that reception? One of the things that we really focus on is when going into these communities and what we really work with the community when presenting this to residents is they're not giving them a technology. We're not giving them the app for them to use themselves. The caregiver, the volunteer, they're the ones using the technology to enable them to preserve the life story. So from a resident point of view, they're just having a one-on-one -on -one conversation. They're not worried about the technology play. They're not worried about the automation. They're not worried about any of that type of stuff. They're just worried about getting the opportunity to tell their life story to someone who is engaged in listening. And that makes a whole lot of difference for them. And when looking at the technology play, it's really there to make the community's life easier. Other oral history programs that they've done in the past involve them typing out answers. It involves them handwriting things into books. It involves all this other just very manual, mundane work where our technology solution automates all of that. So they get a focus on what really matters. And that's the one-on-one -on -one conversation with the resident. The personal aspect of it is, I think, the crux of the product. But you also mentioned that bringing it to 
hospice care centers and, you know, the bigger institutions is where you'll get the most bang for your buck. How do you convince these businesses that this technology is useful and that they should integrate it? And then also, once they do integrate it, have you heard back from businesses on how this technology has helped them? Yeah, so great questions. So it's one of those things where I do probably three to four demos a day. And let me tell you, there's not a single conversation I'm having with someone that is in this industry that does not get the value behind this. No one is in the senior living industry because they don't care about the seniors they're taking care of. They all fully appreciate the need to preserve these life stories before it's too late. And it's one of those things where they're interacting with these residents every single day and they're losing residents monthly. So they get the importance of preserving before it's too late. And at the end of the day, I mean, like I say, everyone is a grandkid. So everyone understands what we're trying to do here from a value perspective, because everyone can think of a grandparent or a family member that they're wicked close with that They wish they could go back and listen to them tell a story time and time again. It's one of those things where every Christmas you'll go and, and you'll listen to the family around the table tell these stories. And no matter how much you try to memorize it, your uncle will always tell that story better. And we're essentially being able to take that value and, and preserve that story. So when answering that question, I mean, it is a, at times difficult because budgetary concerns are always there in this industry. And so it's usually just a matter of timing and positioning it and working with them as a partner to make this something that they can adopt. Because at the end of the day, I mean, like I said, we're a mission-based company. We believe every life story deserves to be remembered even the ones that can't afford it. I'm being completely honest. I mean, my grandmother passed away in a state-run nursing home. She didn't have a dime to her name when, when she passed. Her life story should have been remembered if she could pay for it or not. So we're always working on finding creative ways, whether it's through grants or whether it's through um, subsidy programs to be able to preserve these life stories no matter the situation. What they came back to us with is they're just shocked with the level of engagement excitement from the residents. The residents love the opportunity to sit down and tell their life story and have that one-on-one -on -one interaction and really feel like they matter. And the other amazing thing that we get to see is the family's response. What they've talked about is originally the communities are adopting these programs, figuring out that they're going to be doing all this work and they're going to be not so much all this work, but trying to always be adding to these accounts. Once they do a couple of interviews with a resident, suddenly the family gets involved and every time the family's coming they're using the app instead so it's one of those things where once you get a family started they get it they take it from there which is just amazing to see because then you start getting into the intergenerational connection which is just sorely missing from society and it's just exciting because that's always been our goal is, is bringing families closer together the other really amazing thing that we can do for communities is, is we give them a community dashboard so they can see all the analytics. So they can see how many times someone's page has been viewed, how many times their story has been shared. People that are capturing these life stories get a sense that their work is being appreciated by the family. Yeah, absolutely. That ability to, you know, see the the results in real time that people are uh, appreciating the application and are getting something meaningful out of it. You mentioned earlier that you make this easy for the caregivers because a lot of the processes are automated. What processes are actually automated and how did you go about crafting that tech? Yeah, so the process for how one of these things will work, I'm just going to lay it all out for you and then I'll go back and talk about which parts are automated. So to start is a volunteer or a caregiver will sit down with the app. They will record an interview. You know, it can be 30, 20 minutes, 10 minutes, an hour. After that, that's it. That's all the caregiver does. So they sit down, they have that one-on-one -on -one conversation. The audio file is then sent to our back-end engine. 
from there, each audio file is transcribed. And then from the transcription, it's broken up into stories. And so what I mean by that is if you've ever listened to a story core or just any long audio file, it, it at times will turn into a lecture. I, I know you guys edit this podcast for a reason. It's because you're trying to get the best out of it. And so we see that when telling life stories too, if I'm going to talk to someone for an hour, not all of it's going to be entertaining and, and not all of it's going to make sense and they're going to jump around a lot. So we try to then edit it to be a cohesive storytelling process. And so we break it up into these different stories. So rather than just give you a hour long interview, we're going to cut the story about what it was like growing up in the 1940s. We're going to cut why you went to this college. We're going to cut and break these stories up. And so from there, we're then going to match the audio to line up with the transcription. And they're going to upload all of that as individual stories. So for an hour long interview, you could end up with 40 different stories on your account that are bite sized chunks rather than just this 10 page long essay. And so what we see is it really helps with the engagement for family members. Also, after the stories are created, they're then mailed off, emailed off to the family members like, hey, this new story has been posted. Go check it out. Go read it. Basically, everything is automated that I just talked about. We built out machine learning to be able to detect different stories. There is still some human element of, you know, double checking the curated content. The transcription's automated. We built out all this AI to basically streamline this entire process and give such an amazing product to the families. Wow. So the artificial intelligence is able to piece through the stories to know, okay, this is a concise chunk. This can make for a singular chapter, basically. Yeah. So we've been working on this technology for about two years now. And we've run through thousands of interviews through it. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not perfect. I'm not trying to say that we've completely perfected this, but it cuts down a major element of the manual labor and it gets a very good rough draft out there for us. So when you're looking at a traditional oral history project, for every one hour of interview to do what I just described to you would take 15 hours of manual labor. For every one hour of audio, it takes up to five to six hours to actually transcribe it. From there to break it up into different stories is a couple of hours. From there to then cut the audio into different segments to line up with the transcription of the stories is another couple of hours. And then to take each individual file and upload it along with the text is another couple of hours. So we literally took in a 16-hour, 15-hour process and broke it down to under an hour. Wow. So you're you're almost getting a one-for-one one ratio there with the content recorded to the amount of time it takes to actually compile it and send it back out there and preserve that legacy. I mean, that's that's a great efficiency. Oh, yeah. Traditional oral history projects, I mean, they cost hundreds, if not thousands of dollars. For you to send me an hour-long audio, it takes me $15 to process. That is a step in the right direction. Absolutely. So now looking more towards the future, I'm interested in how you think this technology might shift the healthcare industry in general. I mean, do you see this becoming something that several larger corporations, big hospitals, maybe even at a state level, they might adopt this into part of their senior care? And how do you think the technology is going to continue to evolve to be even better at preserving this digital legacy? So what we're seeing a lot across the healthcare and even specifically in the senior care market is they're really understanding that patient first, realistic care is what really matters and helps keep people healthy. If you look at the research, if someone is, feels that their life has purpose, if they're waking up happy, if they're excited to do new activities and they feel like they are valued, it directly correlates to their physical well-being and their cost of care as well. Communities are starting to recognize by treating the person mentally and emotionally, it helps treat them physically 
and health-wise as well. And so when you're looking at a program like this, where if the individual feels like they get to tell a life story and people are engaged and they love it and it's helping give themselves a purpose, it has unbelievable value for just their total care. And so we're really excited to see some communities step in that right direction. I know Brookdale, they have a life story program. So they're looking to adopt technology like this in these type of programs because they understand the importance of it. And we're seeing several other big players step in the exact same direction. So we're hopeful that we get to have some of these more high level conversations with the executive teams and see how our solution can help automate and save them tons of time while giving them the same value. Yeah, absolutely. And then on the technology side, how do you see technology continuing to evolve and then be added to this digital legacy? So what we would like to do at some point is we've actually played around with the concept of the virtual personal historian, where even the interview could at some point be completely automated and have that be a conversation that they get to have, say, with an Alexa or something where it can listen in on the dialogue, have follow up questions and basically always be there to have a conversation with a senior. Technology is a little far away, but I mean, some other cool things we could do is We always played around with the idea of having different famous people record these interview questions. So imagine being interviewed by your favorite celebrity. Imagine having Robert De Niro sit down and interview you about your life. Like how cool of an experience would that be essentially? So those are some of the things that we would love to see play around with the technology down the road a little. We're just focused on the here and now kind of and trying to get more communities using this and adopting these type of programs currently. But there's a lot of cool stuff that I see coming up on the horizon. Even with all that cool stuff, just what you're already doing here is really interesting. And I think it could really change the way we approach senior care. You know, when they go to a senior care facility, they have a chance to reminisce and feel like there are people there listening to them and letting them tell their stories. I mean, not only will families benefit from that, but the recipients themselves will feel important. It's purposeful technology. And I think that is the core of integrating technology. I've seen this in building management, in education technology, in everything, is finding ways to make the technology purposeful. It will make it last longer and you'll get the biggest use out of that technology. So it's really cool seeing the way that you guys are doing it in healthcare. And David, I just wanted to thank you again for coming on the podcast and telling us a bit more about what your company's doing and you know how you're integrating this kind of really automated and advanced but at the same time really personal technology to help improve senior care living. No, thank you for having me. It was great to sit down and talk a bit about it. I always love sharing our company's vision and our mission and hopefully trying to get the word out there about what we're doing. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you everyone for listening to today's podcast. And if you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, you can head to marketscale.com slash industries and subscribe to articles, podcasts, and video content from your favorite industries. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin. Till next time. <laughs>